Happy New Year, Tyler. Happy New Year, Vince. How's your New Year gone so far? It's it's been pretty good. You know, I, I visited the uh, girlfriend and met the parents, and um, all went well. That's uh, cool. Yeah, a lot of fun. Texas is a fun place. Um, mm. How about you? How how was how was your New Year? Uh, not a whole lot's been going on. Just been uh, continuing my job at the movie theater. Um, I uh, started to cha- I decided to change my minor for school. Um, and other than that, I've just been watching a couple movies, and that's it. Solid. You know, I forgot one thing to mention. I'm, yeah, I'm a little bummed with this year because those of you who are following Collider, Collider Movie Talk, all those shows are probably not happy because of the, uh, in my opinion, the stupid decision to cancel Collider Movie Talk, Collider Jedi Council, Collider Heroes, um, and Collider Live, the shows that kind of made up Collider. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to step on any financial decisions that that company made to uh for their reasoning for canceling um basically the heart of collider um and all of its uh commentators and it's the faces of collider mm-hmm. but i mean it's the, the things that they want to do this this deep fake stuff comic book shopping those are great accents to uh those are great accents to collider but it's not what makes Collider Collider? It was the people that we saw. It was Christian Harloff. It was Ken Knapsack, Mark Riley, Perry Nemiroff. Um, before they left, it was John Campia. It was it was Mark Ellis. Um, it was John Schnepp before he passed away. Rest in peace. Um, it was so many people that made up Collider. And uh, mm-hmm. frankly, I don't agree with the attitude and the or the direction Collider is taking to. Um, and their to end these shows. Um, I don't know. You don't really have much connection with Collider, yeah. but um, from what you've heard, mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts or opinions? It's okay if you um, don't. But if you do, you're allowed to uh, voice them. I guess. Uh, I mean, I guess like it's. I mean, it's been like a, from what I've heard, it's just been a great movie platform, and you know, it's kind of bums that you know it's going away. So. Um, yeah. I don't have much else to say other than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it informed my love for film. It informed my, it informed me. What I like to say to people is my education in film was a quarter m- film school, a quarter mm-hmm. watching movies, a quarter making movies, and a quarter watching Collider Movie Talk and these people because they really have a either a love for film or experience with film. They they have some experience they they offer to the world with this platform to to um to uh sorry lost my train of thought they, they use their their love for film to inform other people and to really um in, impact the film community the film lover community the filmmaker community in a very positive way yeah. and now that that's gone i have no reason to really support collider other than just listening reading their news articles their news stories which i Still think they're the best in news reporting, but um, that's that's about all I really care about from them. It's it's really sad. I hate to say it, but I'm not happy with their new direction, and hopefully it goes well for them. So we'll see. All right. Well, on that somber note, we're going to get started with the show. 2020 is here. A new year, a new look, a new mindset for the podcast. So let's go. This is the Vince Lerno Podcast, episode 43. <laughs> 
On today's episode, we have Tyler Bannock returning to the podcast to discuss our most anticipated movies of 2020. Also, we're talking about the new trailer for New Mutants, possible sequel to Knives Out, the Golden Globes, and much more. So sit back and relax, because the Vince Lerna podcast starts right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Vince Lerno Podcast. This is episode 43, recording this on a Wednesday, January 8th, 2020. Wow, crazy to say that. I know. I'm your host, Vince Salerno, just a filmmaker, talking films. Mm -hmm. And before we get into everything else, I just wanted to say quickly, I know you guys have probably seen that the uh, cover art for this podcast has changed, the logo has changed, um, eventually the music is going to change. Uh, I'm really wanting to embrace change with this podcast. I know I have not been the most consistent in making episodes. I want that to change, and that starts first and foremost with me. Uh, it all really comes down to my initiative and my drive to do this podcast. And uh, it's, you know, I, I've reached a point where I'm not... I still want to talk about movie news, but I don't want that to be the focus of this podcast. I don't want to be a movie news commentator. Uh, I want to be, as I said up front, a filmmaker, just a filmmaker talking films. That's what I want it to be. I want to talk about our favorite movies, our least favorite movies, what's coming out, what's come before us, um, and make it less of a reporter podcast and more of a discussion podcast, whether that be with filmmakers, film critics, film fans, what have you. Uh, so expect a lot of change with this podcast. Heck, maybe even the format will shake up a bit. But, um, you know, it, it, I really just want this show, this podcast to uh, evolve into into what it started out uh, almost, well, five years ago, almost. <laughs> it's crazy to think about. Um, but let's get into it. So obviously I have a special guest today. Um, he is the person that was on the show last time I did it, in August 2019, and he is the first guest of 2020. It's Tyler Bannark, film critic and human being. <laughs> Tyler, welcome back to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me back, Vince. I'm Ab happy to be back as always. Absolutely. Uh, I enjoy having you on the show. Thank you. <laughs> um, so so what's new? What's what's happened in the world of Tyler Bannark? Um, not a whole lot, just uh, just you know, going through winter break. Um, I go mm -hmm. back to school on Friday afternoon. Um, I work at a movie theater, and uh, it's still going strong. I uh, I just started um, watching the Daniel Craig Bond movies. So, nice. Um, you know what? We'll, we'll get into that a little bit, okay. what we watched. But um, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Um, Anything, at least, that you want to share? I know some of yeah, those I got a, a personal. I got a couple that I could share. Um let me see. I gotta pull it up here really quick. I will say one of mine up front is to definitely make this podcast grow and again evolve it, like I just went on. But um, yeah, you know, to just be more consistent with myself, to uh, to um, commit to things when I say I'm going to do them. Mm -hmm. Little things like getting up early, working out, eating healthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like I'm one habit I have one resolution I have is, you know, getting a workout habit and I've got like a structure set out for this upcoming semester. Nice. Um got that. Um, you know, I kinda wanna look for like an internship, whether it be like, you know, doing something film related or like, you know, on journalism related. 
Mm-hmm. Um, stay afloat in school, just, you know, keep my grades up. I'm, you know, I'm almost halfway through college. So there's that. Um, become a better Catholic because, I mean, I know, I know your family is, like, you know, very Catholic-oriented. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've, you know, that's one thing I really, my faith is something I should be, like, I want to make, you know, better in, in this year. Cool, and um, awesome. last one, just uh, rekindle an old friendship. You know, like if I've, you know, if there's an old friend I haven't talked to in a while, you know, just, you know, reach out to them and, you know, see if we can, like, get that friendship going back again. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. a, those are great resolutions. And, uh, yeah, being being a good Catholic is uh, is cool. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's personal to everybody, you know. Yeah, I totally. find that I, I my own journey um, has had its own twists and turns. And um, the great thing and the worst thing about being a Catholic, I find, is that God doesn't reveal his plan for you when you expect him to. Right, yeah. But when he does, it makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, props to you on that. Uh, okay, so let's get on with the show. Uh, first and foremost, our newer segment that I haven't really been enforcing, but we're going to be now, <laughs> is uh, What Have You Watched? This is part of the show where we talk about uh, just the stuff we watched recently, whether it's TV shows, whether it's movies, short films, um, it can be in the theater, it can be on streaming services, it can be on DVD, Blu-ray, wherever. If you watched okay. it, we'll talk about it. So I have a couple things lined up. Um, you know, I, I watched Christmas Vacation twice this year. Um, hmm. It's kind of a cr- family tradition with uh, my family. We all love Christmas Vacation. We can kind of relate to that, like, everyday family struggle of trying to put on the best Christmas possible. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, my, my girlfriend's family really is into Christmas Vacation, so I got to watch it again mm-hmm. with them and see how Christmas Vacation impacts, uh, excuse me, impacts their family in a way that's different from mine, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool seeing those different perspectives. Yeah, totally. Um, obviously, I saw Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker like everybody else. I'm yep. not going to do a mm-hmm. full-on spiel review about it. I'm going to save that for later with my friend Rose Dayton when we do our review. But I will say that um, for the most part, I'm satisfied. I'm disappointed because of what we could have gotten. But I'm all about taking what we have and just running with it because mm-hmm. there's unfortunately there's no way we can turn back the turn back the clock and redo this. It is what it is. We can turn back time. <laughs> Yep, good old 21 Pilots. <laughs> Turn back time to the good old days <laughs> when this trilogy didn't exist. Okay. Uh, I'm joking. I actually really like this trilogy. I don't think it's um, great, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into it. So, nope, not doing this. But like Star Wars 9, I like a lot of it. Um, did you see Star Wars 9? Uh, yes, I did. What did you think about it in just an abridged um, version? Well... Going into it, you know, I did hear, like, some, like, some of the flaws about, like, people were saying, like, you know, about, like, because, like, there was some, like, flaw things to it, and I've heard some people say, like, you know, it's a satisfying conclusion to the Skywalker saga, mm-hmm. but um, I personally thought it wasn't as bad as people were saying it was, but at the same time, you know, I did notice quite a few plot holes, or, like, you know, some scenes did go- did seem to go, like, you know, unfinished, or, like, you know, just when they get into the side one scene, they cut to the next. Yeah. I didn't notice those kind of things, but then again, like, but at the same time, you know, it's, like, definitely not the best of the three recent ones. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. It's got its flaws, but I overall enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, the two I want to talk about that I did see was, first off, I finally saw The Greatest Showman. Oh, you just now saw it? 
I saw it when I was visiting my girlfriend because it's it's her favorite movie and her family okay. loves it. And they're all like, "What? You've never seen? <laughs> you love movies and you've never seen The Greatest Showman?" It's like, uh, sorry. <laughs> um, so we I watched it and I really liked it. It 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 doesn't. The, the some of the scenes feel rushed in a way. There's a lot mm-hmm. of the movie that feels kind of rushed, but. Like, the overall feeling you get, the overall emotion I felt really resonated with me in the mm-hmm. story, um, Hugh Jackman's performance, the music, yeah. just everything really hit a chord with me. And, really? um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, I have, I mean, the greatest show, that song is stuck in my head for the rest of eternity because, <laughs> wow, what a showstopper. And, again, Hugh Jackman just, you know, what, what a way to break out of um, – the 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 stereotype that he could only play something like Wolverine, and we we mm-hmm. all knew he could do more. But you know he he really um, you know I think after you say goodbye to a character, everybody's looking at like what are you gonna do to break out of that that mold? You yeah. know Robert Downey Jr. is kind of uh, attempting to do that with Doolittle. We don't know if he's gonna do well or not. Yeah. But you know Hugh Jackman took a swing uh, mm-hmm. with Greatest Showman to sort of show where he wants to focus his career and yeah. it, it worked out like he's doing a lot of like musical stuff recently i noticed yeah. I um he's on tour right now yeah he's, he's doing, doing like musically. his one man one man show mm-hmm. um so yeah greatest showman uh a great movie mm-hmm. um i don't i heard there's a sequel coming out and this might be a first for me but i really hope they don't make it <laughs> <laughs> me too i ca- think the movie's kind of perfect where it ends i don't know if they can come up with another story then more power to them, I guess, but I do not want to see another movie. Yeah. Um, the last movie I want to talk about that I saw, Cats. Ah, uh, good old Cats. Cats, man. Yeah, my only um, relationship to Cats before this movie came out was I saw, I knew it was a musical, and on my VHS uh, copy of Barney's Greatest Adventure, the movie, was a commercial for the <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yes that's a thing Barney had a movie and on that on that VHS was a commercial for the um, the home video release of a recorded performance of cats mm-hmm. and that was all I knew I was like this is kind of weird it's like people dressed up as cats and they're singing about being cats and like what but it sounds kind of cool. And then I kind of grew up, and I was like, oh, yeah, that weird thing. I remember that. And then I was like, oh, they're making a movie about that? Well, maybe it'll be, like, CGI cats, and they'll be, like, animated. They'll be dancing around. And then I heard they were casting actors. I was like, oh, so it's basically like they're going to, you know, put the actors in the fur costumes like they did in the musical. That's going to be great. And then the first trailer comes out, and nightmares. Nightmares galore. Yep. (laughs) Um, And the movies. The internet just... Oh, the whole internet what? just erupted. In the it was, it was, this? it was. Oh man! And <laughs> honestly, if you think the trailer's bad, just see the movie. But I had the genius idea of going to the theater, having a couple beers in my system, just to get a little <laughs> buzz, you know, so that ev- everything was a little heightened. And oh man, did it heighten cats! I <laughs> first off, don't don't drink and drive to the theater. I implore you, don't do that. That's not what I did. I went to the theater 
had a couple of beers, went into the movie, and enjoyed it. it it's bad. It's bad. It's bad in the story and sometimes the acting, but the singing, the emotional performances, the set design, the cinematography, it's this like bizarre blend of beauty and weirdness, and I love it. I love going to movies and just being freaked the heck out. Hmm. I remember going to Annihilation the first time, and I was just like, what am I watching? But it's, it's one of my all-time favorite films now, so joke's on you guys. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I enjoyed Cats um, for what it is. It's a terrible movie, but I enjoy it. So that's what I saw. Now, what did you what did um, you see, Tyler? What did you watch? So within the last few days, um, last night I so I'm just going off with what you did and just did four movies. Yeah, sure. Um, so yesterday I watched two movies. Um, more recently, last night I watched uh, Disney Pixar's 2008 film Wall-E. Wall-E. Um, and like to be honest, I uh, it was my first time watching it since I saw it in theaters back in two thousand eight, and oh, I man. don't. I mean, I remember going to the movie theater and seeing it, but I didn't didn't quite mem- remember a whole lot. You didn't of have that the uh, you didn't have the um, exposure to the film culture yeah, that you have now. Exactly, exactly that. And um, you know, some people say you know it's kind of boring because like there's hardly any dialogue in it. Um, and mainly it's just, you know, Wally or Eve, like, you know, just people say like, it's mostly that, um, and you're basically, that's what a lot of people like say it just is. Um, but, um, I watched it and, you know, it's like, I mean, it's not my favorite Pixar movie. I see why people like it a lot. And like, mm-hmm. it does, you know, pack an emotional punch and give a great message. And, you know, like it was, especially in the, in the fact that like, you know, it was in the hype of a, or hype in the height of like, you know, the Pixar Renaissance mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it was it was really cool. You know, it just it's just about a robot who just you know he just wants to feel, and you know, it, and we got that. And you know, you know, just Wally's just a really really lovable character. You know, easily lovable, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's just it. I mean, I don't know. I don't quite know where it is ranked on my Pixar list, but mm-hmm. um, it's definitely not you know super low. Not super low. Yeah, that's that's fair. I don't remember where it is mm-hmm. on my list, but the thing is, there are so many Pixar films now that's like. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a crime to put any of them below number ten. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, um, okay, so here's my number one. Here's everything else, number three, number four. <laughs> yeah, so I got I watched that last night, and then yesterday afternoon I watched a uh, movie called I Lost My Body on Netflix, which mm. is a French animated film. Uh, it's about like it's a an hour twenty minute long, so it's not super it's super short, and uh, it's got these two storylines going on. One about like you know a just normal gr- young adult who um he meets this girl and you know like he wants to get to know her and like you know eventually make, make like a little love story kind of thing mm-hmm. meanwhile there's this hand that like that's it's alive it's animate and like you know it can move around and it's basically just going through paris you know just trying to find its owner and um it's beginning a little bit of award season hype i mean it's being shadowed by it's being overshadowed by toy story 4 i mean why of course I don't it is know. <laughs> But, um, I mean, like that's not even a, that's not even a concern. Yeah, but like, um, you know, I looked up like all all the movies that have won best animated feature film so far this award season. Of course, while Toy Story four is like twenty, I lost my body right now in second with like I think nine or ten. Hmm. So I saw that. Um, you know, I can see why people like it a lot. I mean, I think it's beautifully animated, but um, you know, it just I think kind of went off the rails at the end. But didn't really get accord with you. No, not really. Yeah. 
So I watched that, and then the other night I watched uh, Casino Royale. Um, oh, yeah. And because uh, I saw the, when the trailer for No Time to Die came out, I think, I don't know if it was last month in November. It was last month. Last yeah. month, yeah. Um, I saw I saw the trailer, and I'm like, wow, I actually want to see this. And surprisingly, I have not gotten into James Bond yet. Really? You've never seen? Well, I watched, a, I remember a few years back, I like, I was staying at a hotel and like they had a little mini movie theater and they were playing Skyfall one time and like I mm. watched like the opening of it and then like for some reason I just left. I don't know if it's because I was bored or what, but um, I just walked out. You and, walked um, out of the best Bond movie I ever. I know, and like that's like I'm, <laughs> I'm re- now like I'm really hyped for it because that's what I heard like that's the best Daniel Craig Bond movie and I'm watching all the Daniel Craig Bond movies. Mm-hmm. So I watched Casino Royale. I liked it. I thought I thought it was a good time. Mm-hmm. It was a great introduction to James Bond, the character. Yeah. And um, a lot of people say, like, you know, Daniel Craig's, like, one of the best James Bonds ever. And, like, you know, he uh, he's, like, the first James Bond to, like, actually take it seriously. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, Casino Royale was a good time. And I can't wait for, for the, see the rest. Nice. Yeah, I, I just really quick. Yeah, I've, I've been a huge fan of Bond ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, just a great – yeah, like, Daniel Craig really – redefined what the franchise could be in a time where the same old the same old thing was getting old you know like it was like Pierce Brosnan took added a level of gravitas to um is that the air vent son of a gun well we're gonna just deal with it you know (laughs) um Pierce Brosnan added a bit of gravitas to the to the role when he entered with Goldeneye Mm -hmm. I, I think but yeah, it wasn't until J- Daniel Craig came in that it really took itself seriously. It's like, let's tell a story of, like, who James Bond actually is, and not just that he's a superhero, basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited for you to start on this Daniel Craig Bond journey. Because um, Casino Royale is a, a fantastic – it might be one of the best Bond movies, and it's a great introduction to his um, – to, to, again, to Craig's tenure as Bond – uh, it's also the very first James Bond novel that Ian Fleming wrote. Mm. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know that, but um, they, you know, did a really good job at adapting that, I think, as well. Um, and, yeah, I guess I uh, don't want to get on a rant about No Time to Die yet because we, we're going to get to that later. Yeah. But um, I'm sorry. Continue with your So, yeah, then my saw. last one um – on New Year's Eve, I decided to watch a 2010 movie that I surprisingly haven't gotten around to, and it's a uh, Drive by uh, <laughs> Nicholas Winding. Bro, Refn, you're killing it name. right now, Nicholas and, uh, Winding freaking Reffin. Yeah, him and not, like it starts, actually no, uh, freaking's not in his name. I just, I just put yeah, it's so like like him and like with I think Ryan Gosling, Carrie Mulligan, Oscar Isaac, Brian Cranston. Oh yes. Um, it was like so. My thing is that like when I look back on like all the all the years 2010s, like 2011 didn't seem to have lot or from like from what i've heard like there wasn't like no a lot of outstanding movies that came out that i year. mean cars too <laughs> so, but um so like the only one i'd heard of was uh, this movie called drive so i decided to check it out you know it was on netflix and um i watched it you know it's like it's 100 minutes long but mm-hmm. um it uh it wasn't too bad i mean i mean it, it's not it's not the, my new favorite movie from 2011 but um that still goes to Super 8, but uh, hmm. mm-hmm. it, uh, but still, it was a lot of, it was fun to watch. It was, uh, it was interesting to see, um, but, uh, but yeah, I wasn't super blown away by it, but still, Drive was a fun watch. Nice. Um, 
yeah, Drive is, in my opinion, one of the greatest movies of all time. It's it's like number eight on my all time list, I think, or number seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I, I did like two different. I wrote two different papers in college on Drive. That's how much <laughs> I love that movie. Um, yeah. Uh, well, props to you for seeing it. I implore you to see it again and and uh, you know let it sit with you because I. I such a good movie. Like, I'm surprised it's not in one of your favorites, but, yeah. you know, our tastes differ, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to try to tell you what to like or not like. And, of course, yeah. you just said you liked it, so I don't even know why I'm complaining, but... <laughs> you need to love it, though, Tyler. You need to love this movie. Honestly, a lot of people no, tell me kidding. that with the... I feel like when I got my painting out for Uncut Gems, I thought a lot of people were going to react that way that you just did. Like, like you mm-hmm. got to love this movie. You need to worship it. Yeah. Because, like, I saw Uncut Gems, and, like, this will be my last one. But, okay, um, yeah, go ahead. Because I saw Uncut Gems, like, right before New Year's, and, like, you know, I really hyped myself for this movie. And, like, you know, I just, I wasn't blown away by it. I'm, and mm-hmm. it's all, and it's, like, nothing movie did wrong. Like, you know, it's well made. Adam Sandler gives a really, like, you know, outstanding performance in it. But the, my problem with it is that I overhyped myself with it. Mm. And that's why, you know, I didn't like it as much as I Came thought I would. Came in with a little too high of expectations. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rewatch it at some point. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime... Hey, yeah. happens to the best of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's... And, yeah, I mean, you, you like what you like. And if you don't like it, well, you know, other people can just go cry about it. Because mm-hmm. clearly they have... Clearly that's all they have to do with their lives. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's get on to the top three. For those of you who are new listeners to the Vince Larnell Podcast, the top three is where we take three news stories and we talk about them. So, top three. Number one, the second trailer for (laughs) the long-awaited New Mutants movie has finally come out. It's been Um, 84 years. It's been 84 years. (laughs) Actually, it's only been two. (laughs) And... um, well, wait. Yeah, it's only been two, I think. Yep. And uh, the movie is finally set to come out under Disney Fox on April 3rd, 2020. Mm-hmm. And um, will actually be released um, as Josh Boone, the director, intended. <clears throat> it's not going to be reshot or there's not going to be reshoots or a new character added like they originally were thinking about. It's not going to be put on Hulu or Disney Plus and then forgotten about, mm-hmm. it's going to get a full release by Disney Fox, which frankly is fantastic. I, I'm really happy for this. I, I'm i not the biggest horror fan, but I do love and respect certain horror films, and I saw the trailer for this and I thought, this could be really, really exciting and really fun. It It's X-Men characters, some X-Men characters that we don't really know, some we actually do. I mean, most of the the uh, comic book fan base, they know these characters, yeah. but um, the general public doesn't know these, and I don't know what Marvel's plans are with this movie to integrate into the MCU or if it's just going to be a one-off like like uh, like Joker. Yeah. Like it's going to be one and done, which I really hope it's not because even if it doesn't get absorbed by the MCU, it would still make a great trilogy, as Josh Boone said he wanted to do with these characters. So mm-hmm. we'll just have to see how it plays out. But as for the movie itself, it still looks really cool and intriguing. There's a lot of secrets that they're holding back. Um, 
I really don't know how this movie's going to shape out. Um, I know this particular story is based on, I don't remember what the comic book is called, but it has something to do with a, a, a bear that's like a half bear, half alien, half monster thing. Mm-hmm. And at the end, we see a few, few brief clips of that. We see um, Anya Taylor-Joy's character growing a sword or something. Yeah, something <laughs> um, like that. Something like that. And going to town on the bear. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Again, weird, trippy stuff. That's what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you think? Uh, do you think that this movie will go anywhere with under Disney Fox? Do you think this is going to be a one and done? What do you think? I'm I'm not quite sure what the future would be with it after like expense, especially since like you know all the you know production chaos that it went through. Mm-hmm. But um. You know, I originally looked it up, and, like, the, the reason why it kept getting, like, rescheduled for its release was, like, well, the first two times was really to avoid competition with other movies. Like, first time it was with Deadpool 2, and then with uh, Dark Phoenix, mm-hmm. and then when they got rescheduled the third time, it was when Disney bought Fox. Yeah. And, um, personally, I, I mean, when the first trailer came out, like, October of 2017, like, <laughs> I was, like, totally blown away by, like, oh my gosh, this looks so good, and, right. like, the vision for this is awesome. Like, you know, a, a horror movie, a superhero movie that's actually gonna be a horror movie. This is gonna be right. fantastic. And then I see this new trailer and, um, you know, like, it, I mean, I'm still interested in it. I'm still gonna go see it, but just like, you know, it it does like, you know, it did seem less, you know, horror-like and more, you know, superhero-like. Like, it seemed like more of like a mix of the two, but like, I just wish like, you know, it just <coughs> still had like the same horror vibe like the first one gave Yeah, off. I don't think this is a, fantastic trailer i don't think it's a like game changing trailer but i do think that the um i do think the movie's gonna be great mm-hmm. i i yeah. generally believe if josh boone is getting what he wanted which is full control of the movie yeah um it'll be exactly what he wanted and it'll, hopefully it'll be what we got from that very first trailer yeah um i yeah my that be my fear is that it's gonna go into this giant chaotic CGI superhero battle at the end, and I kind of hope that's mm-hmm. not the case. Yeah. But um, you know, only time will really tell. I just think it's a it's a miracle that this movie is even getting released at all. Yeah, especially with all like the the stuff it's been through. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> X Fox's X Men lives to fight another day. Yeah. <laughs> so much for Doc, Dark Phoenix being the swan song that it was never meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's all I had to really say on that. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Or um, well, I think uh, when you brought up Dark Phoenix, like, didn't like Dark Phoenix go through some production chaos like New Moons did? I know like they had to do some reshoots. Dark Phoenix, um, yeah. What happened with Dark Phoenix? Well, they they kind of shoehorned in this ending mm-hmm. that made it seem like this was the end of that they intended this to be the final chapter in a saga, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. I can almost guarantee they wanted to make more X-Men films after Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Um, so I feel like some reshoots were due. I mean, the, they had to reshoot the entire final scene. Oh. When they were on the train. Yeah. That was actually that supposed to take place in, like, the White House partially and on, a, in like, on like, an alien. They're going to go to, like, space. <laughs> they built up during – before we got a first trailer, they built up, like, oh – this movie is going to take the X-Men to space. And that doesn't sit right with me, honestly. 
just the concept of the X-Men going to space. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the comics, I mean, you have aliens, and you have all these different things which, in the Marvel yeah. world, which makes sense. But mm-hmm. I, I, it sounded cool, but, like, the fact that they were going to fight Dark Phoenix on, like, some alien planet or something, or uh, some, something to that effect. I have no idea mm-hmm. what they were going to do. But yeah. um, they scaled it down for some weird reason, and uh, I don't know. There's no real point in complaining about it because the movie's already out, and mm-hmm. we're getting a reboot of X-Men with, with the MCU, so... I'm just happy New Mutants is getting the light of day because, you know, of the two movies that should have gotten released first and foremost, I feel like it should have been New Mutants. Yeah. So long as it's a good movie, which Mm -hmm. I think it will be. Yeah. Let's move on to topic number two. Talking about Ryan Johnson and his movies. Not the movie you're thinking of, because I know you're thinking about it. Talking about a different movie that he just made. It's called Knives Out, and it's really, really good. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. And he's making a sequel to it. Um, yeah, so I guess at a red carpet event for the Golden Globes, maybe, um, he revealed that he was developing a sequel with the intent of Daniel Craig returning, who wants to come back uh, mm-hmm. to play this role in what looks to be a um, continuation of the adventures of Bennett Blanc, but not necessarily a continuation of the story from Knives Out, which is very similar to what they're doing with um, Kenneth Branagh, uh, as he's playing uh, Hercule Poirot, in, uh, he played him in Murder on the Orient Express, and now he's playing him this year in uh, Death on the Nile. Um, so yeah, I, I loved Knives Out. I loved how, um, you know, the story really, uh, I mean, when you go in, you, you think you know what kind of movie you're seeing, yeah. and then it takes, like, the completely opposite direction, and I was just like, oh, I don't like, I think I like this. And then it takes another turn. Um, you're like, okay, well, that's not what I thought it was going to be. And then it takes another turn, and you're just like, oh, this movie is fantastic. Yeah. Um, there's some subtle, like, I don't know how to put this, like, subtle political um, commentary, but it's very, yeah. it's portrayed in a very truthful way. Oh, yeah. Like, I'd be hard-pressed to find anybody that can disagree with um the politics of this movie, if you mm-hmm. want to call it politics, it's just really, it's just truth, yeah. you know? Um, but I'm excited for a sequel um, with Bennett Blanc. Um, you know, it's almost inaccurate to call it Knives Out too. you know? You just yeah. call it, like, the continued adventures of Bennett Blanc. I don't know. You saw Knives Out, didn't you? Yeah, I saw Knives Out. Um, you liked it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally enjoyed it. Like, it's in my top ten of the best of the year. Nice. Same um, here. But I... Uh, Honestly, when I found out the news that there's going to be a Knives Out sequel in development, I was like, wait, really? I mean, I think, like, the way Knives Out ended, like, it ended on a perfect note. Like, there's no need for a sequel. Like, that's where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can see why, you know, Ryan Johnson would want to do a sequel, and even Daniel Craig as well, to continue on the story. Mm-hmm. But, like, so, yeah, you know, he had, you could tell he was having a lot of fun with oh, that Oh, totally. You totally. could tell there was just all this repressed talent being harnessed because everyone's like James Bond, James Bond. He was like, "But I can do this." <laughs> Anyways, um, but um, and yeah, like you say, like Chris Evans too, like Captain America, Captain America. But I can also play a jerk. I can play an <laughs> asshole. Yeah, yeah, um, um, a jerk. Sorry, don't want to say, don't want to um, curse in front of the kids. <laughs> but yeah, so I, uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed Knives Out, and I think it's like just one of those movies that you know I loved, I enjoyed, but like. It just leave it alone. Like it's it's perfect as mm-hmm. it is. It doesn't need like you know a continuation. Well, like I just said, it, it's um it's not really like 
they're continuing the story of Knives Out. It's the story of Bennett Blonde solving a completely different murder. Like, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that, does that change your your, your tune? Or do you, uh, are you still kind of like, we don't even need to see Bennett Blonde again? I'm still on the fence, but um, maybe maybe my cha- my opinion will change once we get closer to it. Like, you know, whether it's like, you know, know who the cast is gonna be or you know mm-hmm. like you know if like there's a trailer comes out you know like what my th- my thoughts are on it You're right i'll have to ju- i guess i'm just gonna wait until until we get that yeah yeah so i i could see i could i can agree with you um if it, if it was the case of like we're gonna take um ana de armas's character and her and um the that family is caught up in another murder mystery and bennett blanc has to help them again uh mm-hmm. figure out who who done it um, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be that. At least I hope it's not going to be that. Cause yeah, if, if they do that, then I think, you know, they're going in the opposite direction they need to go. If they yeah. do what I hope, I think they're going to do, which is, you know, make a, um, you know, like the Hercule Poirot books, just like each, each book he's in is a different story, a okay. different m- mystery. Okay. That's kind of the approach I hope they take with that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think... A hundred percent. If they do um, take the story of this first movie and just like, well, how can we continue to flesh out the story of Ana de Armas' character? It, it just doesn't seem appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's all I really had to say on that. Yeah, I've got nothing else to say on that cool. too. Well, let's move on to number three then. Uh, Golden Globes. Mm. So the, I don't know, 70... 70-something. 70-something, 20-something, I don't really care. Yeah. Golden Globes happened this week, uh, last week, and uh, many a controversy was stirred, many awards were given, and uh, <sighs> I don't know. I Honestly, I don't really care about the Golden Globes. Yeah. I don't understand the point of the Golden Globes. <laughs> like, it's, it, it's like they – it's like Hollywood didn't have – like, oh, we need – another award show where we can make, give not just movies but television as well it's yeah, like, but like, you have the emmys yeah, and you and have, have the oscars. oscars like the oscar like the, the, the golden globes are just kind of a joke to me yeah um albeit ricky gervais killed it with his opening monologue oh and just destroying hollywood was... about like stay out of people's political business because it's none of your business again we don't like to get political <sighs> on the show but i just as a person who doesn't want to mix entertainment with politics Hundred percent respect him. Like, come up, get your award, thank you, God, and just leave. Leave. He didn't say leave, but just leave. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I honestly was expect- like watching that monologue live. Like, I was so like, oh, I was thought I was expecting he was like gonna get a whole bunch of backlash and controversy for it, but instead, like, he's getting the opposite. Like, mm-hmm. he got the opposite reaction than what I thought he was gonna get. Well, interestingly, I think the culture is turning. You know, mm-hmm. we're not glorifying these stars in a way that we used to um not that all of hollywood all, every individual in that room is like this evil celebrity that wants to yeah. take over the world but like you know they they use they use the golden globes as a soapbox to just stand up and speak about whatever they want mm-hmm. um yeah whether it's uh michelle williams correlating the fact that she won her Golden Globe to, to thanking thanking the fact that she got her Golden Globe to the fact that she was able to choose whether she could abort her baby or not, which mm-hmm. is 
awful, but I'm not going to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, just stuff like that, or um, one or Patricia Arquette, um, having just this freaking peep show with her dress. I mean, gosh, cover up for crying <laughs> out loud. Um, and then and then saying, you guys, we need to vote the right way because. We don't want to. We don't want to get into World War Three because we're going to get into World War Three because we just bombed Iraq or whatever or Iran. Uh, it's just stop. We're trying. We we watch you guys because we're trying to escape this stuff. We don't need you to comment on. Oh, Patricia Arquette just commented on how everything's going to be okay. I feel so empowered. Or Michelle Williams told me that I can choose whatever I want to choose. It's my body, my choice. I feel so empowered. Stop. I don't care. Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais's opening monologue should just be the monologue for every award show forever going forward. <laughs> just play that and then just go on with the show uh, because he really hit the note on it. Um, and honestly, after that, he, he looked bored for the entire show. Yeah, he, I, he, didn't, he wasn't really funny. I don't think that was on purpose. He I, was just like, I am not even going to try because I don't care anymore. Yeah, I, mean, I think he said it was, like it was his fifth time hosting it. And like I remember at one point in his monologue, he cracked some joke about like uh, – he was like, oh, yeah, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is close to three hours, and by the time the movie was done, Leonardo DiCaprio's date was too young for him. And, like, <laughs> I love Leo's reaction to it, because, like, I think we all can agree, like, his reaction to it was, like, facts. Like, he's, like, big facts or something mm-hmm. like that. But, yeah, it's, uh, but, yeah, he, uh, he still gets to the man. He really did. Mm-hmm. He really did, yeah. But, I mean, let's, let's get away from that. Let's talk about the awards and you probably know more about this than I do. Yeah. I don't really go into the analytics of like, what do the Golden Globes mean for the Oscars and all that stuff. Um, and luckily for you, I have an idea of like you know what that all area is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, the only thing that I I can predict right now is if Missing Link won the Golden Globe for Best Animated Feature, that means Toy Story <laughs> Four definitely has a shot at getting Golden Globe for Best Picture. Or best animated feature. <laughs> Hell, nominated for best picture. Toy Story three got nominated for best picture. Put it in there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, usually the Golden Globes give an idea of like what could happen at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think, in my opinion, I think all the awards except for I think um, best picture, best actor in drama, best actress in drama, and best act. Basically, all like the acting categories and best picture musical comedy were not surprises. All like all the categories except for those. Mm-hmm. And um, so that'd be like best picture drama. I mean, everyone was expecting like I think either The Irishman or Marriage Story to win best picture drama, and ended up being 1917. Which I gotta say, having never seen the film, I'm so happy it won. Yeah, and one Sam Mendes, two both of those trailers, like literal chills. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and it's, go ahead. And it's coming out, and like it hasn't even like had a wide release yet. Like mm-hmm. it's it's had a limited release, but Pete, its wide release is this Friday. And I think that is the best thing it could have done is had the limited release, get all the buzz, get best picture, get best director. Oh yeah! Now totally. my, my my parents who've never heard of the movie are like, I really want to see that. We, we need to go see that. And I'm like, wow! And people at my work were just like. Yeah, that 1917 movie, I'd never heard of it after the Golden Globes. I really want to check it out now. It's like, well, that's like millions of dollars of marketing for you. Just there you go. Yeah, and so like – and yeah, I mean I mean, I knew I was going to see 1917 like you know, before the Golden Globes. But oh, like now that I won Best Picture Drama, I'm like, okay, I've 
got to make I've got to be an obligation. You can't miss that. I've got to make this obligation. Oscars. Yeah, I got to make this an obligation. And um so there's that um like you said earlier like Sam Mendes won best director beating out Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino and Bong Joon-ho and um I was kind of expecting either Quentin or Bong but um Oh wait, wait what did he win? He won something. Bong, Bong Joon-ho or Quentin Tarantino? Bong Joon-ho. Uh, yeah, so he directed Parasite, that uh, South Korean film that's getting all the buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that movie won Best Foreign Language Film. That's right, okay. And um, that's why like, he gave his acceptance speech and like had that really good quote about like the um, the subtitles. That one-inch barrier between you yeah. and really good movies. I was yeah. like, that's, and that's awesome. That, yeah, it's awesome. Those amazing. are the kind of quotes that, like, that's what the Golden Globes and the Oscars and the Emmys, like, that's what this is about. It's mm-hmm. about glorifying entertainment, not standing on these soapboxes and glorifying your own personal gain. So, like, uh, but, yeah, so, like, that, um, oh, yeah, Parasite was, like, I knew that was going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really best screenplay uh, actually went to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I think darn lot, right it did. Yeah, and, like, deservingly so, but I was kind of hoping for either, like, Marriage Story or Parasite mm. for that one. But just, and I think a lot of people were thinking either Irishman or Marriage Story. But the fact that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out of nowhere and beat, you know, I, like like I said, Irishman, Marriage Story, and Parasite, like, you know, like, that makes a strong statement. And I'm so happy for Terry Quentin for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, like, there's that. And then there's the uh, Best Central Score category, which, going into it, 1917 was a front runner for it because the music was made by uh, Thomas Newman. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I'm sure you, like, you're familiar with some of his movies. Like, uh, I think he did Finding Nemo, Shawshank Redemption. He did Skyfall um, with Sam Mendes. Yeah, that. Um, and, you know, I think I was kind of expecting that to win, but Joker came out on top, and rightfully so, because the music in that movie, like, I was not expecting that movie to be, like, have such amazing music. The, the music was on a really, like, was on another level. Oh, like, totally. Like, emotionally, what it did for the story of Joker. Mm-hmm. And, again, this is, like, a comic book character who's, like, known for being in cartoons and, oh, I'm the Joker. Yeah. He's, it's a very human, intimate story about this guy who's just crapped on by society and breaks. Mm-hmm. And the music really does a great job of portraying this this fractured state of the Joker and that yeah. there's something beautiful in in the character trying to be heard but he's being drowned out and mm-hmm. that leads to his descent into madness so yeah. so yeah very well deserved and I believe that's the first s- f- individual female composer to win a yeah because like I think before it was a uh, Hans like Hans Zimmer wanted with like another woman but like Hildur Guadnatur I think is how you pronounce it I have no, I idea. Have no idea but um yeah, she wanted, and, like, you know, I remember, like, seeing that movie and watching two scenes in particular, the, the bathroom dance. Mm-hmm. and That's um, where my mind went to. Yeah, like, that like that, that music scene is absolutely beautiful. And um, and then the uh, the scene towards the end where, like, uh, the, the riot's happening, like, George is on top of the car, and, like, you know, like, he, like, he feels, like, the blood in his mouth, and, like, he says, And he little, makes a smile. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, and, like, when the music, like, turns in that moment, like, boom, bum, 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 like, Absolute, I oh, got yeah. absolute chills in that moment. So the Joker winning best original score is what I wanted, and I'm so glad you know the Hollywood Foreign Press saw it. Okay, and yeah. Then, and then there's a best original song, which was kind of a surprise for me too, because like a lot yeah, of people what, were expecting. Yeah, what won that? 
Um, it was I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, which is a song sung by Elton That's John right. and Taron Edgerton. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were expecting Into the Unknown from Frozen 2 to win that. And yeah. I, know, I know I was. Uh-huh. A little bummed that I can't let you throw your stuff away. It wasn't nominated, but whatever. It got shortlisted for um, the Oscars, though. That song. Oh, that's good. Or Ballad of a Lonesome Cowboy, which... I like that more. I, th- I mean... Yeah, actually, now that I think about that, it, that so- Ballad of a Lonesome Cowboy definitely yeah. needs... I love I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away, but mm-hmm. Ballad of Lonesome Cowboy, man, come on. Yeah. I almost cried listening. Just <laughs> listening to the song. I wasn't even watching the movie. I listened to that song a week before the film came out, and I was just like... Gosh, freaking dang it, Randy <laughs> Newman. Why do you do this to me? Yeah, so um, there's that. Then, of course, you know, the elf in the room, but I think the biggest upset of the night was Best Animated Film. With uh, Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, in retrospect of things, like, yes, I really wanted Toy Story 4 to win. But, again, I don't really give much merit to the Golden Globes, personally. Mm-hmm. Um like what really counts to me is the Oscars, and I do think yeah. it's gonna win the Oscar. Mm-hmm. But if if this means that Missing Link gets more notoriety and more publicity, mm-hmm. like more power to that decision, then because yeah. Missing Link, it wasn't actually. Wait, no, I think it did crack my top ten for last year, or maybe it just barely. I don't remember. I don't think it did actually. I think it barely got edged out by Joker and a couple other movies, but. I thought it was fantastic. It was a really fun movie, great voice cast. Nobody went to see it, which is a crime. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, wait, here it is. Oh, yeah, it got bumped to 16, which makes sense. It, mm-hmm. it was it was in the top 10, but then Shazam came out, and then Joker came out, then Irishman, and then Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> All of which are great films. Um, but, yeah. but, I mean, again, if, if that if, – if this means Missing Link gets more people to check it out and buy the DVD or check it out on streaming, more power to them because mm-hmm. it really is too bad that movie didn't get got overshadowed or mm-hmm. undershadowed, I should say. Um, yeah, I didn't think Frozen 2 was going to win. <laughs> I love Frozen 2, um, but I really think Toy Story 4 is the one that's got the biggest chance because Toy yeah. Story 4, I mean, it's the legacy. It's these characters that have defined animation cinema and the story is just on i mean in a way it's very similar to frozen 2 in a way but um toy story 4 just i mean it it feels it feels like the end of um uh, end of the journey for woody and even buzz i mean there's rumors of toy story 5 being in the works but um it, it still feels it feels like it really ch- took the formula of of Toy Story and kind of flipped it on his head uh, of what life can be for a toy, and it's very telling for people um, that are aging. Just like you know, when you reach retirement or when you reach a new stage in life, like your the, your purpose can be redefined yeah. in new things, in new people. Um, and I just think that theme is so resonant and just so beautiful. And it's in a mo- it, it, it's in a movie about toys that come to life. <laughs> um, not to make this all about Toy Story four, mm-hmm. but I, I'm glad you brought up that upset because I was upset in the moment. But then I think about it, I was just like, well, yeah. if any other animated movie had to get the Golden Globe, because again, I just don't care about the Golden Globes. I'm glad it's Missing Link because that movie deserved way more attention than what it got. Yeah, I uh, 
I mean, I will I will agree. Toy Story Four will probably you know it is the most deserving film to win Best Animation Film. I will admit that, <laughs> but I'm still kind of wish that How to Train Dragon: The Hidden World was the winner because like just to give like the trilogy the justice it deserves. Mm. Did the well the the other two didn't get nominated or won? Uh, what other two? Sorry, How to Train Your Dragon one and two. Oh, uh, the second one won the Golden Globe for Best Animated Film. But when mm-hmm. it came to the Oscars, it lost to Big Hero 6. And then when How to Train Your Dragon came out, the first one, I don't think it won Best Made Film of the Golden Globes because it was it came out the same year Toy Story 3 did. Oh, yeah. You're so, not going <laughs> to. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, How to Train well, Dragon 2 should have gotten, like, I oh, think How to Train Your Dragon 2 should have won Best Made Film at wait, the without Oscars. Without a doubt. Especially since it got, like, the win at the Golden Globes. Without a doubt. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 honestly, I forgot Big Hero 6 was even a thing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, not to discredit that movie, but like mm-hmm. comparably, yeah, How to Train Your Dragon 2 is way more superior. Um, yeah. And then from an overall standpoint, from like the Golden Globes, like overall, so like the, so like 1917 won Best Picture Drama, and then mm-hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood got Best Picture Musical Comedy. Um, yeah. I think I was really happy Once about Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think it's got a very good shot at getting Best Picture now. You really now think so? Well, I mean, it's it's been a front runner all award season, mm-hmm. but I mean, I don't know if it's like the front runner, but I mean, it's got a better chance at getting Best Picture now than it was before the Golden Globes. Yeah, see, this is why I don't give much credit to the Golden Globes because it's like, oh, you've got Best Actor in a Comedy, you got Best Actor in a Drama, you got Best Picture, of, but it's a comedy, you got Best Picture, but it's a drama, and it's like. Why do we have to categorize this in like subgenres or sub? Just yeah. give make one award and give it to whoever deserves it. Like it, it's it sucks if it if whoever you want to win doesn't win, but it's at the same time. Yeah, at least yeah, they got I, nominated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. Totally. Um, but I, again, I just don't. I don't want to be like oh, I hate the Golden Globes, but I just it it just seems silly to me. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, l- let's talk about briefly what this means for the Oscars. Yeah, because I I don't know, like I don't, f- and you may have a better, more more um, educated opinion than I do. But t- to me, the Oscars or the Golden Globes either um, like come close to predicting what's gonna happen or mm-hmm. don't hit the mark at all. Yeah, like um, for example. Um, well, I guess I guess actually to to that to credit that opinion that the opposite of that opinion, Rami Malek got the Golden Globe for Best Actor in Bohemian Rhapsody and then got the Oscar for Best yeah. Actor in Bohemian Rhapsody. So I mean yeah. that's a good example, I guess, where it where it was spot on. But mm-hmm. like, um, man, I can't even remember now what a situation like that would be. But you know, th- there have been situations like that where it's like, oh, the actor was. The actor who got nom- got the Golden Globe didn't get the Oscar. Like, what happened? Last year, um, Glenn Close got Best Actress in a Drama. Oh, wait, never mind. I was going to say, because I was going to say that Glenn Close got Best Actress in a Drama, but didn't get Best Actress at the Oscars. But mm. then I remembered, oh, wait, Olivia Coleman won Best Actress in Musical Comedy last year at the Golden Globes and went on to win Best Actress at the Oscars. Ah. So I was going to make that point, I'd- but then I remembered, oh, wait, Olivia yeah. Coleman won this other category. The right, for the, for the favorite. Yeah, for the favorite. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I guess that disproves my point in, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so yeah, I guess, um, go ahead with what you were going to say. Uh, so what does 
these results mean um, for the Oscars? What do you think? Well, one big takeaway from it is that uh, Marriage Story and The Irishman, two Netflix movies, got very little action Sunday night. Like the only award, like The Irishman walked out empty-handed. Mm. And Marriage Story only took home one award, and it was a uh, Laura Dern for a uh, Best Supporting Laura, Actress. Yeah, that's right. And um, do you so, think that was intentional because of just the the um, the hostility against uh, streaming? I'm not sure, but I think uh, I think last year it's like you like remember the remember Roma that uh, movie that was on Netflix? Oh yeah. I guarantee you, if it wasn't a Netflix movie, it would have won Best Picture. Or like if it. If it wasn't a Netflix movie and like it wasn't up for, wasn't up or didn't win best foreign language film, uh-huh. it would have won best picture. Because I think if you're a foreign if you're a foreign film and you're nominated for best foreign language film now best international feature film, if you win that, there's a good chance you might not win best, best picture. picture. So like I mean I could be wrong, but I think that's my guess. Mm-hmm. So like I mean I really hope Parasite wins best picture this year but like there's a chance that it might not because it's a foreign film mm-hmm. and it's like the front runner for both best picture and best international feature film right so um so like there's that um the best picture race it's gonna be interesting that race is gonna be interesting um let's see here best actor um i was well, about to say i mean it's been joaquin i think it's gonna be back for battle between joaquin phoenix and uh, adam driver Marriage Story. Really, Adam Driver, you think's got a chance? Well, he's picked up the most Best Actor win so far this year. Mm. So um, that's one thing. Who else is up for Best Actor? Um, so just like in general, or for like, but for either category. For 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 the you, um, actually no, that's a good question. <laughs> is it for Best Actor Drama or for for both? Or for, I guess. Okay, for Best Actor Drama, there was um, so there's Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Um, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, uh, Jonathan Price for the Two Popes. That movie starring a movie about Pope right, Benedict right, and yeah, uh, yeah. Pope Francis. Um, let's see here, Joaquin Phoenix, Adam Driver, Jonathan Price. Um, I'm trying to top of my head, I'm gonna have to look it up. Um, um I mean, that's okay. We don't have to go into the specifics of looking it up, but um. I'm just curious, like at the Oscars, like who has the best chance of um, getting in the nomination race? At my, least, my guess is that it's going to go down to well, three of the five nominees are going to be Adam Driver, Taron Edgerton, and Joaquin Phoenix. But the last two spots. What about go- uh, Leo DiCaprio? Do you think he's got a chance? Well, um, thing is that like he, I don't think he's picked up a win yet so far for Best Actor. He's been getting nominated a lot, but he just hasn't picked up a win. Right. But do you think he's going to get an, a nomination um, at the Oscars? So that's where my like my next thought comes in is that um. The last two spots, I can see it's going to either of these three guys. So it go to Leo mm-hmm. or Eddie Murphy for Dolomite Is My Name because he's getting a lot of attention for that. He got nominated for Best Actor Musical Comedy for that. Right. And um, Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. Ooh. Because he's been getting a lot of attention. Engine. He's gotten a couple wins under his belt, but yet he hasn't been nominated. He didn't get nominated for the Golden Globes I, or for I the I feel Sags. like Adam Sandler and, and Leo DiCaprio have a better chance than Eddie Murphy. Even though Eddie Murphy has like I think one or two wins under his belt. Yeah, even with that, I think. Um, yeah, the Academy loves Leo though, so I see. The where Academy you're loves from. Leo. Um, the Academy. Uh, I don't know how they feel about Adam Sandler, but like Adam mm-hmm. Sandler, like you know, comeback for actor like that just had one too many duds in yeah. his in the past decade, I think. 
Um, mm. You know, that's just a good story. I feel like part of the Oscars is what's going to get the most attention. Unfortunately, it's not what's who rightfully deserves it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I feel like the best actress category is going to go Renee Zellweger and Aquafina. They're probably going to get nominated. Um, I think Scarlett Johansson from Marriage Story, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, they better um, throw in. They better throw in Lupita Nyong'o. I was just going to say swear, that. They do, if, they, if the Academy doesn't miss out on, if the Academy does not nominate Lupita Nyong'o, I don't know what to think. Riot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I completely agree. She was amazing in, mm-hmm. like, j- just what she did in, in Us was yeah, like, now I'm just taking on like double duty as double well. Double duty and like the twist. It's, it's just like you cannot dismiss that as yeah. anything less than Oscar worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my my I'm in her camp. Like she definitely needs to get nominated mm-hmm. and win. Um, yeah. I but I honestly think that um, Joaquin Phoenix is gonna walk away with that award. Yeah, it's almost in the bag. I think Joker was just they what he went through to to. Um, get in the character, um, you know, maybe maybe Adam Sandler, maybe, but I really think it's it's Joker's win. Mm-hmm. Um, let's really quick talk about Best Picture, and we'll move on to our topic of the okay. week. Um, so, so uh, 1917 won for Best Drama, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won for Best, best Comedy, yeah, Musical best comedy. comedy, so those two are automatically kind of the front runners for that race. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Outside of those two, do you think anybody else has a chance? Uh, definitely, I'd say Irishman and Marriage Story, despite the night they had at the Golden Globes. Definitely. Um, I'd say probably Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Mm. Um, since he got like a, since he got like the People's Choice Award at the Toronto National Film Festival. Oh that's, yeah. That's like the best picture at that film festival. Right. Absolutely. Um, so I'd say that. Um, it's a seventeen. Um, I'm gonna say, at one point I was thinking Knives Out could get it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm that, but nothing about it, I'm not so sure. Parasite, I hope it gets Parasite nominated. Parasite will at probably least. get nominated. And then um, I think, I mean, I have yet to see. I mean, I'm still inside if I want to see this, but uh, Little Women could also, I think, could also get a Best Picture. Possibly. It's possibly. I don't know. The buzz for that has been very quiet. Um, yeah. One, the one you didn't mention that I think will also get nominated is Joker. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. I forgot mm-hmm. to mention that. Uh, but I, I agree, like, all, all of you, what you mentioned. I think Irishman has a chance to get more nominations. Um, the, th- the thing is, for me at least, I don't know, I don't think, I think the reason why it's not going to get any of the actor nominations, like mm-hmm. Robert De Niro, or or it's not going to get the wins, excuse me, probably the nominations, but, like, you know, the reason why De Niro, Pesci, Pacino are probably not winning um, but getting nominated is probably because... I don't know. To me, they're doing the same thing they've been doing, like in almost that makes sense. almost all of their movies. Yeah, I mean, the, they have. I mean, uh, these are incredible actors, and they, yeah. they do good performances. And there, mm-hmm. there have been times when they perform outside of the, what they're known for. But I looked, I watched that, and I just realized these guys are great. These guys are yeah. let, like yes. three of my all-time favorite actors on screen together. I love Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. I love Joe Pesci. I love Robert De Niro. They're, they're fantastic actors. Mm-hmm. But they're doing the same thing they've been doing forever. It's yeah. almost like you could call this Godfather part three and a half. <laughs> yeah, or even like Goodfellas. Goodfellas part two. Goodfellas part two, exactly, yeah. So I think because of that, they're not getting as much like, oh man, Robert De Niro, like give him the win. Um, but I do think 
Scorsese has a decent shot at least. Um, I know that whole thing, the whole movie is kind of a uh, interesting mm-hmm. case, just given the Oscar, the Oscar race and stuff. Because like you know, some people will debate that the most the the performance capture of de aging the actors wasn't even that good. Um, I'm actually kind of in that camp because. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I can th- see. They what just didn't. Robert De Niro looked like Robert De Niro the whole time, except his hair was browner and his face was puffier. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Robert De Niro back then, like when he was that age in real life, yeah. he looks nothing like that. Oh yeah. The only one that I think actually looked properly de-aged was Joe Pesci. Yeah. He, but even uh, but even he could have been a little better. But. Mm-hmm. I still was happy with that. Um, yeah. Not to nitpick the Irishman, but I, I think that's why we're not going to see it get all this award attention. It's a great movie. It might even be the last time we see these three legends together. Um, or possibly even, I mean, they're getting up there in age. So like, who knows when we're going to see another Robert De Niro, um, Martin Scorsese movie again. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking probably really soon, but <laughs> we, we don't know. But... Um, yeah. It is, it's unfortunate, but I think that's why it's not going to uh, do any make any uh, any um, impact in this Oscar race. Yeah, I de- definitely think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, nineteen seventeen. Now more than ever, actually, mm-hmm. uh, Joker, um, Marriage Story, um, Jojo Rabbit, uh, and Uncut Gems. I think those mo- P- Parasite as well. I think those movies have the best chance of. Um, walking away with the most awards in terms of the acting awards and, you know, best picture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, that's really all I, I had to say on that. But any any closing remarks from you before we move um, on to our topic of the week? Let's see here. I. No, I don't. I don't think so. All right. Well, you heard it from us, folks. We will see how this shakes out once the the Oscars come upon us. We'll have to do a post Oscar. Uh, analysis episode these days that'll be fun all right well that was our top three uh again running down the list that was um new mutants trailer number two is finally coming out setting a release for april 3rd of this year uh ryan johnson's working on a knives out follow-up slash sequel with daniel craig coming back as bennett blanc and we recap the golden globes the good the bad the ugly and what it means for the oscars and now we move on to our topic of the week. For those of you who are just joining this podcast and don't know what that is, topic of the week is when um, I pick a specific topic and we discuss that for the rest of the show and um, more of a free discussion type topic. It's not very regimented like the top three are. Um, you know, we just kind of have at it and just, you know, who knows what the conversation takes us. But this conversation is going to be pretty direct because we're talking about our most anticipated movies of 2020. Um, 2019 was an incredible year, an anomaly of a year. I mean, Mm -hmm. just in terms of like me, my inner fanboy, like when are we ever going to say, when am I ever going to see in my lifetime that we got a Toy Story sequel, a Star Wars sequel, then Avengers sequel in the same year? Yeah. Like excluding Ghostbusters, that's like the holy trinity of film franchises to me. (laughs) So it's incredible to think that 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 2019 happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but yeah, just even talking about the movies that are getting awards, great films that have come out. Um, we've had a couple duds, a couple disappointing duds. Um, but overall, a really great year. Um, 
my mindset coming into 2020, again, 2019 was very franchise heavy. A lot of big nostalgic oh, yeah. franchises. Oh, and yeah. having loved it all, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I am exhausted. I am kind of, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because I never thought I would. Um, it's just probably friends of mine watching this are probably going to sit back in their chair and go, <gasps> but <clears throat> I am kind of glad we're not getting a maelstrom of sequels this year. Mm-hmm. I am kind of glad that we're getting a lot of original films from companies like Pixar. We're getting smaller films from companies like Marvel. Um, we get to focus on more intimate franchises and just original films. Um, yeah. Like for the first time in years, my most anticipated movie is an original film, and that hasn't happened in a long time. And it's just refreshing. Like I look at this list, and I'm not overwhelmed by the in- the number of franchises coming out. I am just, I just can't wait to you know dive into movies that I just don't have any. They don't have anything that you, they're not going to expect anything of you when you walk in. You yeah. can just come in and just, man, here we go. We're gonna watch the story where it's gonna end, and maybe we'll get a sequel. Who knows? Yeah, and I'm looking at my list too. Like the like my numbers seven through ten are all like like sequels or adaptations. Oh yeah. And the rest are like rest I think are just original. Cool. Yeah, so, so so tell me really quick, what is your mind what do you, what were your thoughts on twenty nineteen as a movie year? Uh, and what are your thoughts coming into twenty twenty? Twenty nineteen, um I always remember twenty nineteen as like the you know, a great year to like, you know, the decade that really shaped me to become a movie person. And um it uh I'm really, and, you know, like, I'm, I'm, fr- I'm really surprised that, like, uh, for the second year, for, like, the last two years, um, there was a Spider-Man movie that was in my top three for the mm-hmm. year. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see what, like, like 2020 is in store. And, um, like, I'm really excited, like, you know, there can be, like, less, you know, sequels and, like, you know, less, like, you know, there's probably, there's probably still remakes and reactions coming out. But, like, yeah. at least there's, like, still, there's going to be less of it than there were, like, you know, in the past couple of years. It's just exciting. Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to dive into our uh, top 10. Uh, we just, what we're going to do is we're going to um, list 10 through 6. We can only talk about one of those movies each. And then from okay. there, we'll c- break down our top 5 and why we're excited for our top 5. All right, um, so what are, like, what are your 10 through 6? My 10 through 6, and the thing turns on again. <laughs> Love it. All right, so first I want to say just some honorable mentions that, uh, for me at least, didn't make the list, but are anticipated nevertheless. Um, j- just a few. I'm not going to go through all of them, but mm-hmm. obviously being a big monster kaiju fan, I'm looking forward to Godzilla vs. King Kong, um, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Honestly, that movie's going to be interesting. <laughs> Free Guy, um, Mulan, Jungle Cruise, West Side Story, the remake... Um, because I hold West Side Story, the original, in h- such high regard. I love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. So they better not mess it up. Uh, Bad Boys for Life, Top Gun 2, Wonder Woman 2, Cherry, the new movie from uh, the Russo Brothers, Chicken Run 2, Quiet Place 2, uh, Scoob, the Scooby-Doo animated adaptation that's going to be the opening of the Hanna-Barbera Cinematic Universe and Me Mutants didn't make the top 10, but it's up there. Okay. But uh, my 10 through 6 in this order are Last Night in Soho, the new film by Edgar Wright. Okay. 
Okay. Death on the Nile, the sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, the King's Man, Dune, and Black Widow. Okay. Um, out of those ten, I'm going to talk about... Dang, and I want to talk about Black Widow, but I'll talk about Dune. Black, okay. We know what Black Widow is. It's, bon- it's, it's Jason Bourne with Black Widow, and that's just yeah. awesome. Dune, however, um, I am a big fan of Denis Villeneuve, what he did with Blade Runner, what he's done with sci-fi in general. Mm-hmm. He is one of the best filmmakers on this planet. <laughs> yeah. And it's criminal that um, of what happened with Blade Runner at the box office, but... Um, you know, j- just what he's able to do with these franchises and how much respect he has for the lore and just... I mean, I, I could debate that 2049 was better than the original Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. And I almost kind of think it is. <laughs> and Dune is on the same... is on the same basis of what is... I'm curious as what this is going to look like, what's going to happen. I don't know much about the Dune franchise. I know it's based on books. I know that... David Lynch made a movie about it and didn't do so hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and like everybody in Hollywood is in this movie. Yeah, um, like Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet Z- Zendaya, Oscar Isaac, uh, Josh Brolin, Jason Dave, Momoa. Is Dave Bautista in it? I don't think Dave Bautista's in it. Um, although I could be wrong. <laughs> um, just so many interesting cast members, and it, you know, it, it could spark a new interesting franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it could be the new Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Um, in a way that Avengers kind of became that for us, our generation, and we're entering a new decade. Uh, Dune could be, like, the dominating new franchise of the decade if it's as successful and as big as, as we think it'll be. Possibly. And I think that's why that cast is so diverse, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you have You have something for everybody. You have Jason Momoa... For the DC lovers, you have Timothy Chalamet for the A24 lovers, I guess. You have Zendaya for the kids. You have Oscar Isaac for the Star Wars fans. You have Josh Brolin for the Marvel fans. Javier um, Bardem for uh, anyone who's been like fan of No Country for Old Men. Oh, Javier Bardem's or... in this? Yeah. Oh. I, I... Yeah, I just looked up cast list. He's in it, and uh, Dave Bautista is also oh, in it. Oh, so. good call. Um, yeah. Well, that makes sense because he did so well in 2049. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just there is something for everybody in this cast. I don't know if this movie's gonna be for everybody. Yeah. I don't think it's gonna be that type of franchise, but it, it has this. I'm assuming with this young cast, it has this sort of like space romance or space opera feel to it. Um, so it's I'm just intrigued by this. That's why it's on my list. I don't mm-hmm. know anything about this franchise. I don't want to until. Until I'm in the theater. I might actually, um, this may actually never happen, but I might actually try to avoid the trailers for this movie. I honestly, even saying it, I don't think I will because that's just impossible for me. I, I need some frame of reference of what I'm getting into, but we'll, we'll see, you know? Yeah. Um, but that is, that is my 10 through 6. Tyler, let's, let's hear yours um, and, your, and the one you're going to talk okay, about. Okay, so I, I, I just changed that at the last minute, but um, okay. at number 10... Um, I have the new mutants. I originally had a quiet place part two mm. at number ten, but um, at the last minute, like just now, I decided to change it to new mutants. So I have that at number ten. Number nine, I have the king's man. Um, at eight, I have a no time to die. At number seven, in the heights, and number six, the lodge. Um, so like a little 
So I think the one I'm going to talk about is probably... It's hard. With no time to die, honestly. You're so gonna, okay, okay. So that that's perfect. We'll talk about... I'll, I'll do my thoughts, too, because that's actually my number five. Okay. So, um, but you first. <laughs> so no time to die. Like I would have it higher up if I like I have if I had watched all the Daniel Craig Bond movies before mm-hmm. making this list. Um, but given I've only seen one, you know, this is what this is where my initial thoughts going into No Time to Die. So I saw the trailer. You know, very well executed, very convincing. Um, and you know the fact that it has like Rami Malek and Ana de Armas in it as well with Daniel Craig, it's fantastic. It's I'm really excited because like you know I'm. I'm starting to really like Ana de Armas as like you know, you an actress, and maybe even you know maybe even as a celebrity crush. I don't know, but um, hey, not a bad one. Yeah, and like a uh, Rami Malek, you know he, uh, it's not it's gonna be his first live action film since uh, since his Oscar win, because like he's gonna be in Doolittle, but like he's he's gonna be a he's he's voice a role voice, in it. Yeah. Um, but uh, and he's gonna be the villain too. Like, wow, that's gonna be like. That's gonna be a lot of fun seeing that Rami Malek as the villain. That is gonna be fantastic to see. Um, and then you know, Daniel Craig back as Bond. Um, and then you know, you got Christoph Waltz, who I think is reprising his role from Spectre. Yep. Yep. Um, Leah Sado is in it. Um, I think she was also in Spectre as well. Maybe some other previous Bond movies. She was in just in Spectre. Yeah. Okay. And the, then. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I think someone other. Oh, yeah, it's like there's some act- actress from Captain Marvel that's in. Um, the yeah, the, the the actress that played uh, Maria Rambeau or whatever her name was in Captain Marvel, she is playing a double O agent who kind of takes over for Bond. Um, mm-hmm. I won't spoil it for you, but yeah. she she kind of has a um, a. It seems like she's having a suggestive, um, playful romance slash competition with Bond. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, those are those are basically all my thoughts on No Time to Die. So nice. What well, are yours? well, since we're going into the top five, I'll just start with my thoughts on No Time to Die. Um, well, it's it's interesting you say all that because I think you're gonna get even more excited for this movie after you see, especially Skyfall and Spectre, mm. because spec the the thing that's so excited about this setting about this movie is that one, it's the final Daniel Craig Bond movie, and two, mm. it like almost all those characters were Inspector, and it's a direct follow-up to those events. Like, and it opens up with with um, Leah Sado's character saying, "Why would I betray you?" And it's like, "What? <laughs> what?" Is it fault? Is this fault like, Inspector? Yeah. Like, well, not even just does this involve Spectre, but like, what secrets did she have that she didn't tell him in the last movie? Mm-hmm. Um, and I won't. I don't want to spoil too much for you know. For um, for you, but uh, Christoph Waltz is playing a character um, that is classic, classic, quintessential Bond villain. He plays it masterfully, and I'm so glad that he's going to be in this final film. Yeah. Um, and just you know, they they got their money, Penny. They got their M. They got their their um, their Q. They got all the quintessential classic Bond characters that I at least want to see in mm-hmm. in this final fran- in this French in this addition this. Yeah, this can't speak today. This version of this franchise, mm-hmm. um, and we're we're concluding in a very satisfying way. We have, you know, uh, very um, seductive, attractive women in this. Ana de Armas. Um, I'm blanking on the actress's name, but as we said, the the, the black actress that's playing the the new double O. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 
having a playful competition with Bond, um, and of course, Rami freaking Malik. Oh yeah. Like the day they announced that he was cast, I was like, sign me all the way up, because <laughs> he just exudes Bond villain, and like the trailer gave me exactly what I thought we were gonna get oh from Rami Malik. When he, like when he started talking, it was like James Bond. Like, oh, oh my god! Yes. And, like, like, oh my gosh, he's gonna be <laughs> Your skills fantastic. will die with your body. Mine will survive long yeah, after I'm gone. <laughs> and then, history <laughs> isn't kind to men who play God. It's like, mm. oh man, is it going down. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this. It's the final chapter in the Daniel Craig Bond saga. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm just excited for the future of Bond. Like, after this, obviously, we're going to reboot. Yeah. But where do we go? Like, how? what is the new version of James Bond going to look like? Are we going to – I mean, it's, I don't think we're going to, but are we going to get, like, a brand-new character in this I, Bond world, which I think would be the worst idea? Or are they just going to do solid reboot? I mean, but, you know, this franchise is known for keeping yeah. the same actors in roles for a long time. Like, the same actor who played Moneypenny first was in Bond for, like – the first 10 years after Sean Connery was done with the role. Yeah. <laughs> so they could easily keep Money Penny and all these other characters in the world and just recast Bond. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how it shakes down. But, yeah, No Time to Die is my number five. Let's let's hear yours. Uh, my number five is uh, Free Guy. Ooh, that, uh, okay. That action comedy starring uh, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. I'm glad that you brought I, uh, this up. I'm glad this is in your top so, five. So, yeah, I, uh, I watched – wait. Wait, you got this? Isn't my top five? I, I am, yeah. Because because okay. I was like, oh man, it's it's in my list, but I can't talk about it. But mm-hmm. I'm glad it's in your list, but, so uh, we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah. So Free Guy, it's this um, you know, it's an action comedy that seems to have a very original concept to it. Because I don't think I've ever seen you know a movie that has like the idea that it has. Mm-hmm. Where like you know, you have this you have this character you have this character who's a background character in a video game, and um, you know, he kind of tries to like you know save the world. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that part could be you know cliche but uh but you know just like the uh, you know like the whole like you know the look of the world like you know especially like when he's walking around like you know you see like all the you know the chaos happening around him and like mm-hmm. you know it looks like a lot of fun you know and it's just ryan reynolds being ryan reynolds you know that part sells it enough and like you know you got people like joe keery from stranger things taika watiti uh lorel howry is in it too um you know it just looks like a fun action comedy with yeah. uh, ryan reynolds and like it just I mean, I could it's be wrong, so but like, it does seem, yeah, it definitely seems like, you know, originality is written all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interestingly, um, the actress that is playing the girl in that trailer mm-hmm. in the movie, that is the girl that played Ray's mother in Rise of Skywalker. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Little, little, little did you know there. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, no, I'm so looking forward to this. I had no idea. I heard about the title Free Guy. I knew it was going to be a film with Taika Waititi and Ryan Reynolds and Joe Keery. Um, I just didn't know what it was about. I was That's like, is this an action film? Is this a, a buddy comedy between like uh, Taika Waititi and Ryan Reynolds? I have no idea. And then when I, when I found out the trailer came out, I was like, oh, let's check it out. And I was genuinely shocked by what I saw. I was like, oh, this is so fun. And just, just that – one shot in the trailer where you just you just see him walking around in video game style, mm-hmm. you know, like the camera's back and it's from his POV and it's moving around with yeah. him and he gets the health pack. I'm just like, mm-hmm. this is genius. Why have we not made this movie yet? 
Yeah, and I love how like they uh, begin each other. There's like from the city that brought you, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and The Lion King. Twice. Twice. <laughs> I absolutely well, love that. Because it's a Fox movie, isn't it? It yeah, it is. And like I'm and like that totally seems like a total like Ryan Reynolds move. Mm-hmm. Like you know to include something like that or even and like th- you know that actually gives me hope that Disney is going to let him make Deadpool three mm-hmm. in the MCU, and they're not going to restrict him too much yeah if they're going to make let him if they can poke fun at themselves like that mm-hmm. uh, through fox they're gonna let him you know have his way with deadpool 3 oh, yeah. i think and he's just the deadpool character in general in the mcu mm-hmm. you know um so yeah yeah so excited for for um free guy um that'll be a really fun fun movie for yeah. sure um, could be a surprise, new new surprise franchise, you know? Yeah. That's just, again, this is exciting. Just, like, the potential for even new franchises in this new decade. Like, yeah. Free Guy, I'm not saying we need we need to have Free Guy be a franchise, but, like, if we get to that point where um, the movie is successful and makes a lot of money, and they're like, oh, well, maybe we can do a sequel. It's just like, yeah, do a sequel. Um, but it just definitely doesn't need a sequel. If, it, mm-hmm. if it's a great movie that just stands on its own, I'll be happy. All right, well, I'll get into my uh, number four, which is Tenet. Mm. Tenet is the uh, newest film (laughs) from Christopher Nolan, and we know squat diddly about it, (laughs) except for the – I mean, even that first full trailer that came out, Mm. it's still kind of confusing because we don't know – there's hints about the the character being played by – John David Washington dies, and he can somehow rewind time. Mm-hmm. It's really trippy. It's like, it's it's like, Inception level trippy. Yeah, I think I, a lot of people are expecting like it to be like, you know, mind boggling. Like, yeah, yeah. And I was lucky enough to see that five to seven minute scene in IMAX when seeing Star Wars. Oh, and you lucky dog. I know. I, I, I always get lucky with that because I got to see that for Dark Knight Rises too in IMAX, and um, I got to see it in this, and I'm just like, I don't know what I'm watching, but I love it. Uh, it, it was just so intense, and um, the thing that really got me was that there's a shot where – um, Robert Pattinson, who's in this movie, and mm-hmm. John David Washington's character, they're driving in a car, and it crashes. In fr- and there's a car that crashes in front of them, and then they're driving by, and it rewinds so that the car doesn't crash again. I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> can someone explain to me what this movie's about? It's the brilliance of Christopher Nolan. So like, you. I don't have much to say about it because I just don't know. But it, the fact that it's Christopher Nolan, one of my favorite directors, filmmakers, and it's it's taking on some um, some Inception vibes, which is one of my which is my favorite film by him. Um, just gets me excited. Like we're going back to this that type of world. So, yeah, Tenet is definitely number four for me. Yeah, um, I have Tenet up on my for less further up, but I'm gonna wait until I get to uh, where it is. Okay. All right. Um, so at number four, I have Last Night in Soho. You brought that up earlier. Yes. Wow. Um, that's I, I'm glad that's high up on your list too. Yeah. So I, uh, so Edgar Wright, he, uh, I'm he's becoming one of my favorite directors too. Like I loved his work in Baby Driver and like his whole filmography. I think so far has been awesome with like Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim, and the Cornetto trilogy. 
For um, sure. Agreed. And just seeing him, you know, take on a horror movie which will star Anya Taylor-Joy, Thomas and McKenzie, and I think Matt Smith, mm-hmm. who was previously a Doctor Who. Yeah. I'm really excited, like, you know, see what he's going to do with a horror movie. And, like, he definitely seems like the kind of, like, stylistic director. Oh, for sure. I so, think, like, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what he can do, like, with his, with his style, with what he can do with his style and take it into a horror movie. Yeah, I think the reason why his is number 10 on my list and the reason why it's so low is just because I don't know what it's about, and that's intentional. I don't want to know what it's about until mm-hmm. I see the first trailer. That's, that's the case with a lot of these movies on my list, and I think that's the most exciting thing about, again, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as you like, I love Anya Taylor-Joy. I love Matt Smith. Those two alone in a movie will sell me, and Edgar Wright directing them. All the yeses. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one a lot. So let's get on to our number three, which for me is Disney Pixar's Onward. Um, one, this is high on my list because it's a Pixar movie and I worship at the throne of Pixar. <laughs> like they are literally, in my opinion, the greatest movie studio of all time. Nothing nothing tops them. Not even Disney itself. Um, hey, I'm not complaining. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but Onward, like from the first trailer I watched, I was like, this appeals to me. It's mm-hmm. a story about brothers. I have a little brother, um, albeit the relationship in this movie is not verbatim mine. But it's, like that. It's a, it's a family movie. It's about mm-hmm. brothers and fathers, and I'm very close to my brother and my father. Um, it's a movie I might want to take them to see with me, but, um, you know, and the story just feels very emotional. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what if you could bring back somebody that you couldn't see for one whole day? Um and they bring back half of his body, and they have, a whole, they have twenty four hours to bring back the rest of him, mm-hmm. um, and just oh man, like thinking about it just makes me emotional. Just like, wh- how is this going to resolve itself? How are they going to get <laughs> their dad back? Um, and just the idea that it's a fantasy world by Pixar, mm-hmm. um, it's the real world, but it's inhabited by fantasy creatures, um, and that magic is this. Um, almost long forgotten thing and that we've moved on to like a modern era it's almost like it's almost like how you know we we're all become more technologically advanced and we, we you know we don't appreciate the, the little things in the life. little things in life and the little things yeah. in this case is magic um and it's about the movie's probably about you know rediscovering what magic means to the world and these brothers growing closer in their relationship and growing closer to their dad and their dad witnessing through his legs <laughs> how his sons have grown up. Um, and just, you know, again, it makes me emotional just thinking about the, the mm-hmm. plot for this movie. Um, but it's Pixar. It's it's original. It's fun. I don't know how this movie's going to turn out. And it's got, a, it's got an incredible cast. Uh, Chris Pratt, Tom Holland... Uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, who's been in two Pixar movies now. Uh, Octavia Spencer, she was in uh, Bugs Life. She played Ada. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what you're thinking of. Um, I don't know who else is in this movie, but I'm just excited. Just Chris Pratt and Tom Holland alone just gets me excited because Chris Pratt is one of my favorite actors on Mm -hmm. the planet. And um, And it probably should attract a lot of Marvel fans too because you you got Star-Lord and Spider-Man. Exactly. I mean, it's just, and, and they have this great chemistry, even just on as a, as voice actors, and even mm-hmm. during the press tours, if you, those two were together, it was kind of this joke fest. 
So I'm sure that was part of Pixar's thinking when casting yeah. these two actors, unless it was completely coincidental that they yeah. were cast in this movie, but I don't think it was. Um, so yeah, I mean, Pixar fantasy, original, Chris Pratt. I mean, it, it's all the makings of a movie that I will go see no matter what. All right. So you're number three? What My do you number got? three, coincidentally, is also a Pixar movie. It just happens, just happens not to be Onward, but it's Soul. Oh, man. Well, yeah, that's, so, not, uh, um, that's not coming up on my list until well, I won't say where it is, but it's coming up. So, uh, so um, but yeah, so go ahead and Soul, talk about it, though. Um, you know, I saw the teaser, and um, like a lot of people, it, I was blown away by it. Like, it's you know, like the fact, like they, I heard someone bring up like the fact that like there's like an AJR song playing in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, like, it really just brought like you know a great you know joyful vibe, and then like you know. You know, you get like you know, like Jimmy Fox in it. He plays like you know his this joyous guy, and then like you know, like you know, he falls in the sewer, and like you know, he like you know, becomes this. I don't know what it's. I don't know what you would call it. It's a. I think it's. I think that's his soul. Hmm. But um, and you know, like the whole trailer, it just gives off a vibe like you know, like okay, this movie could be, it could be an emotional movie, and um, it could like you know, be you know a, you know a movie that you that would. Oh my gosh. Okay. It could be a Getting movie that, uh, yeah, exactly. But um, you know, Soul, you know, it it could be another like you know, you know, emotional movie from Pixar making you know, or okay, I'm I'm just gonna start over. So Soul start could over. be yeah. another great you know, adult friendly kid movie or kid friendly adult movie mm-hmm. by Pixar that could you know, that looks to be it's gonna be super emotional, and that. You know, it just it just reminds us, you know, like you know, remind us how awesome Pixar can be. Mm-hmm. Definitely, F- Pixar is kind of has an it's like their original film um, renaissance this year, yeah. after giving us like, and not that all the sequels have been bad, some of them have been bad, but yeah. you know they've been giving us sequels recently with Incredibles mm-hmm. two, Finding Nemo two, Cars three, and Toy Story four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like well. well, well do you have anything original? Do you have anything else besides sequels? Because we love your sequels, especially your Toy Story sequels. But you know, what else is there? And this is their answer. You know, the funny thing is, is that uh, I remember like a few years ago, I think back in 2015, I remember hearing like a news on Rotten Tomatoes saying that like uh, uh, Pixar's pl- not plans, Pixar's going to stop making sequels after Incredibles 2. And this was back when like they were going to do Cars 3, Toy Story 4, Incredibles 2 uh-huh. instead of like the other way around. Right. Like, yeah. And and then being what it actually was, but um, but yeah, like I'm really I'm really excited for Soul. Um, I really hope that like you know it's you know it reminds us of how like you know it reminds us like you know of a time where Pixar was like you know on the top of its game because like I think like within the past couple of years like it's kind of like faded a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they've gotten bad. It's just right. saying, like you know they've just you know you know like it's just the Pixar Renaissance is kind of like worn out, and Soul is just gonna be a rare gem that you would see. Amidst, like you know, also like you know, on like, it, it's gonna part. it's gonna stand out from the sequels that we've mm-hmm. been getting over the years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I have a lot to say about Soul, but I'm gonna wait till it comes up on my list. Um, which surprise, surprise, is not number two. Number two for me is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm. Ghostbusters, as you all know, is one of my favorite franchises, one of my favorite movies, and. Um, I'll call it like it is. We we got done dirty with the Ghostbusters reboot. The 
the film, the, the series should not have been rebooted or remade like the way it was. The movie was not made because of love for Ghostbusters. It was made for profit, for um, political and um, social, social gain. Um, it was not a movie about what Ghostbusters is about. And this movie looks just feels right. It's this original idea. It's by the son of the original Ghostbusters director. Uh, you have the original cast coming back. You have descendants of the of the original characters. Um, it just feels right. Um, I mean, you have it. It kind of is spelt out in the trailer. You can't really miss it. But uh, Carrie Coon is the daughter of Egon one who did Egon sleep with and who is who is the mom is it is it Janine <laughs> please tell me it's Janine oh no family drama yeah um you don't know what I'm talking about do you I <laughs> don't uh, no. okay that's all right well we'll show you ghost we'll get we'll get you cultured one day um you know who who is Egon's is this Egon's daughter and then uh are these Egon's grandchildren um, and how does Ray and 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 uh, Peter Venkman and, and Dana, uh, how do they play into this? And um, and Winston as well. Like, how do the original Ghostbusters play into this this story? Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Rudd's character. Like, who are going to be the new Ghostbusters? Is it just going to be these kids, or is, is Paul Rudd going to be a Ghostbuster? Is Carrie Coon going to be a Ghostbuster? Um, so many questions. Basically, I, I'm just so excited for this movie. It just feels like the right step for Ghostbusters to give it just this age and nostalgia feel and that the, the old becomes new again through these kids. Um, and this feels like a way to give the franchise longevity while also paying respect to the original cast. And if this is the last time we see that original cast in this in this franchise... I'll be happy with that. Like, I don't care if we don't get Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson, Sigourney Weaver, Annie Potts in, like, the inevitable sequel to this movie. I just want to see them together one last time, and then we can we can have more, we can have original adventures with these new Ghostbusters. That'll be fine by me. But, again, having been a big fan of Ghostbusters, this movie feels like it'll be not only funny and action-packed and scary, but... Kind of have some heart, which, I'll, which kind of was missing from the original Ghostbusters, but there is room to improve. That's my number two. What do you got? All right, so before I announce my what my number two is, my not, movies that are number one and two, I had a hard time choosing which one should be my number one spot. Ooh. But um, So my number two is West Side Story. All right. So, Let's um, talk about West Side Story. So, like... I, it's been it's been almost a year since I watched the original and like, well I remember like, <clears throat> I remember my first semester of college like I was in my intro theater class and we were watching uh, clips from movie musicals and we were watching the opening scene of West Side Story like that whole seven eight minute prologue. But um, but um, but um, but um, and like it just, I mean I'm just watching it. I'm just remember being like totally in awe by it. I'm like okay I gotta watch this whole thing like I just want to see like you know where else does this go like other than this opening scene. And, like, I watched it, and, like, it just totally blew me away. Like, I, it just seemed so ahead of its like, – it came out, like, 1960, 1961, and, like, it seemed pretty ahead of its time, it's I think. I completely and, agree. And, you know, the fact that – and, like, I remember hearing, like 
I don't know. I don't remember when it was announced, but I do remember hearing like, you know, announced that oh, Steven Spielberg is gonna do a remake of West Side Story. I'm like, okay. I mean, I don't know if Steven Spielberg's the type to be doing, uh, you know, Broadway musicals. Yeah, I think he's ever done one, so it'll be interesting to see what he what his vision is with it. Mm-hmm. But like on top of that, you know, you got um, you basically it's like another main reason why I want to see West Side Story is Ansel freaking Elgort. He is playing Tony, oh, yeah. the lead role, and um. I mean, I've heard him sing a little bit, and like you know, he's not. He bad. sang at the Golden Globes. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> that was great. He, uh, you know, it's gonna be really, really interesting to see what he does with the character of Tony. You know, they got this brand new actress coming in playing uh, Maria, who's like I think she's like fresh out of high school. So yeah. I mean, like you got that. Um, you got uh, Rita Moreno who played uh, Anita in the original. She's gonna be coming back playing another role. Um, and uh, you know, I just. I'm just really excited for this, and like another thing was, um, so I think like back in either May or June, like sometime early last summer, there was a when it was a, when Amblin Entertainment announced uh, West Side Story's release date. Mm-hmm. I I commented on the it was like it was a post on Instagram, and like I commented on it, and like, so does this mean production has started yet or starting soon? And they responded back. Oh really? And um, they're like, yeah, I think like said so like production will start in July, and I'm like. Okay, I mean, you just well, got a scoop, man. Yeah, yeah, and like, I mean, not just that. Like, I was more, I was more amazed by the fact that Steven Spielberg's production company replied back to my comment, and um, but only later find out like they kind of like you know, got me a little over excited because I looked it up and like, production actually started back in June. Oh. So, but no big deal, no big deal. Hey, they responded. That's yeah, cool. and then um, you know, when they posted that uh, production wrapped in September, in late September, I was like, oh, that was fast. So yeah. now we just gotta wait. That's interesting. So, um, but yeah, I'm really excited for West Side Story. I can't wait for it to come out. I'm, you know, hopefully, you know, it doesn't doesn't be bad because, like, you know, I think there've been a couple movie musicals in the past that you know that just didn't do all the movies. But I really hope West Side Story can change that. Yeah, I mean, West Side Story is number 19 on my list of most anticipated, and it's so low because one, like, I I will. I will not be happy if they mess this up. I, I I don't think you need to remake West Side Story. I'm super hesitant about this, but we're getting it. It's already been shot. It's going to come out. It's Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg who loves the musical probably just as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have confidence in, in, in the name of Steven Spielberg. I, I have confidence mm-hmm. he'll, he'll do it justice. He'll add some new stuff to it as, as well while also paying tribute to the original. Um but I just don't know. But at the same time, like I, I love the musical. Um, it's one of my favorite musicals. I was in it, um, and that was a what great time. I was one of the. I was one of the Jets. I was Snowboy. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I was the. I was the cop in Mister in uh, G Officer Crumkey. Yeah. Give me one good reason for not dragging you down to the station house, you punk. <laughs> punk. Um, so I'm skeptical, but I'm I'm excited. So I just it's just not high on my list because I just don't know. I don't want to I don't want to put much trust or hype in this movie because I just don't know. Yeah. But Spielberg, and he seems to really like the musical again just mm-hmm. as much as I do. So we'll see. And now we've reached this this moment, my friend. Yep, the number one. The number one. Look at us. Look at us. We did it. Who would have thunk we'd make it this far? Not (laughs) me. All right. Well, my number one most anticipated movie of the year, 
and I did not have any trouble deciding that this was it, is Disney Pixar's Soul. Okay. Soul, I remember exactly where I was when I watched this trailer. I was in a pitched black hotel room in L.A., and I got a notification, first teaser trailer for Soul comes out. I'm like, what? I got to check this out. And it is an immediate rush of positive energy. Like this, this trailer could be like an alarm clock. Just like yeah. just the positive reinforcement of like, what would you want to be known for here on Earth? And spend your time doing things that bring out the passionate, brilliant, beautiful you. And I'm like... I think I want to cry. <laughs> it's like nine in the morning. I'm dead tired. I just woke up, but I think I'm, I'm going to cry. I'm in a pitch black hotel room. I am. Oh man, I just I could not believe that. And I watched that trailer over and over, like ten, twenty times in the day. I watched that trailer, and um, the story really. I mean, I love Pete Doctor. He's one of my favorite directors of all yeah. time, uh, and his stories are always about characters embracing change in a very different way and mm-hmm. and um characters he always has a this super in-depth way of telling his stories through things you would never expect him to tell stories through monsters an old man who turns his house into a flying machine emotions of a little girl and now he's taking the soul of a black uh, aspiring jazz musician and telling a story about what makes us passionate about the things that we love and what make what gives us purpose in life, what gives us soul. Um, so again, just not knowing anything about this, the plot other than this guy dies and he his soul gets transported to what I think is heaven. He's trying to get back. Tina Fey is a soul and she somehow fits in there too. Nice. That's all I know and that's all I want to know. I just love how original and how colorful and vibrant and beautiful this movie is i mean th- this could be my favorite movie of 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 2020 uh i can't I just can't 2019 2019 uh, yeah i did <laughs> and i just cannot give this just the first trailer enough praise i'm just i am on such a high and I, again like the the i am a very positive person in general and so mm-hmm. you, you give me something like this that's just exuding with positivity i will man i will just be in a happy mood i'll be in a half half happy mood all day (laughs) um so so yeah that's that's my number one it's a pixar movie it's disney it's pixar doing what they do best telling stories about characters in just crazy situations so number one soul okay i hand it to Um, you now (laughs) so my number one pick, I think I might have said it earlier, but it's Tenet. All right. Yeah, we did. You did say you were gonna. And I might show you this earlier, but, later, but, um, but I remember wearing a Pulp Fiction hoodie. But underneath this, I got. What do we it got? says uh, in Nolan we trust. And Ooh. Christopher Nolan. Where did you get that? Uh, it was a birthday gift. Nice. But, um, I dig it. So, like, if you for those of you who are listening, so it basically the shirt says in Nolan we trust, and it's a picture of Christopher Nolan thinking, and um. I love Christopher Nolan as much as I can. He, this guy is absolutely amazing. He's favorite filmmaker. Uh, him and Tarantino are my top two. I can't, I can't really decide which one is my favorite. Good but, choice. Um, Good choices. But uh, just this guy really has 
a great fan base. Honestly, like people like I've never seen anything, someone say something negative about him or his work. And like you know, people are like you know, and Nolan we trust, or you know, all hail King Nolan. And like, I just love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And you yeah. know, and Tenet, you know, it's like I remember seeing the trip. I remember like you know when uh, there was like that little preview that came out right before uh, like. I don't know if it was like Hobbs and Shaw. It was Hobbs and Shaw, yeah. yeah it was it Hobbs was, and Shaw. It didn't even release online. It was just a yeah, and like ten it, second uh, teaser. Yeah, like we, like I remember like you know I somehow like I saw it somewhere. I think when I saw it, it chapter two is when I saw it. But um, they showed it there, and I'm like, whoa. And I, I just remember like see like I remember like I remember sitting in the, in the theater, and really when it says from Chris Rowan, I'm like, no freaking. Wait, this is Tenet, and like I remember, like just absolutely freaking out, and like, and then we, uh, then the trailer comes out, and um, the full trailer, the full trailer comes out like a couple weeks ago, and like, this is awesome. I'm in. Let's do this. Yeah. And you know, it, and it's got a great cast to it. You know, John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Elizabeth Debicki, Kenneth Branagh, Michael Caine. Um, I think uh, the guy from Yesterday is in it too. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Himesh Patel. Yeah. Duh. But um, I can't wait. It's so excited. So I mean, like, I'm really excited for Tenet. It's gonna be a lot of fun. If it's gonna be another one of his of Nolan's like confusing films, you know, I'll be okay with that. I just gotta make sure, you know, I watch it closely. Mm-hmm. But um, but, yeah, I'm <laughs> so freaking excited. That's gonna for be a big film for this year. Oh yeah. And you know what? You know what it is? I just realized, it's James Bond meets Inception. Yeah, I've and that's why that I'm, too. Yeah, you know what? We don't need Black James Bond. John David John David Washington is our Black James Bond, and he's in his own movie called Tenet. We don't need it. We got it done. <laughs> well, I'm 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 glad that you're as excited for your number one as I'm excited for number yeah. my number one. Like that's what I I like hearing is just people people excited about movies. People getting excited about the movies they want to see mm-hmm. excites me. So seeing your energy is is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure people are surprised about our list. Like, what about Wonder Woman 1984? What about Top Gun? What about The Eternals? I don't know anything about The Eternals. Yeah, neither do I. I just, I don't know. I have no idea. I have I'm no still unsure whether or not I want to continue on with the MCU. Yeah, after Black Widow, um, we'll see what happens. But um, I mean, it's these original franchises are making, it's just like, we have to wait and see. I have no idea. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. 1984, Wonder Woman, I am actually really excited for. That first trailer was Dynamite. Um, other films that I'm excited for Scoob I mentioned Cherry Rhea and the Last Dragon uh, a Disney animated film Armas Fowl um, the Spongebob <laughs> sequel The Gentleman uh, The Last Duel just a, just an oh Venom 2 I'm really excited for Venom 2 yeah um, but yeah that's all we got mm-hmm. um, so Tenet and Soul don't let us down <laughs> 2020 we're counting on you yep um, and that's all we got for the show. That is it. Wow, we got we covered a lot of ground and uh, didn't think we'd get there, but we got there. <laughs> um, well, I am so glad that you all tuned into this new episode of the Vince Lerner Podcast. Again, it's it's a it's a sign of new things coming for the show, um, new direction and stuff. Um, and I cannot wait to explore what this podcast could be. Tyler, thank you again for being on the show. Where thank can you so people find you? Again. What's that? I said thank you for having me again. Oh, okay. I thought you said something else. <laughs> um, of course, you're welcome back anytime now since you made it into the number two club. <laughs> Just kidding. There's no number two club. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Ty- 
Ty Banark reviews movies spelled Ty Banark's being spelled T-Y-B-A-N-A-R-K and then reviews movies as reviews movies. Um, I'm also on Twitter and Letterboxd as Ty Banark, T-Y-B-A-N-A-R-K, movies. Yeah, if you like listening to what, watching or just reading movie reviews, you should definitely check out his stuff. Um, he and I are actually working on something together. I cannot say what it is, but it might be another podcast. Coming soon. Coming soon. We'll let you know soon. As for me, guys, you can follow me on Facebook. Just look up Vince Salerno. I'm on Instagram at the Bigby75 underscore Vince. Twitter at the Bigby75 and Letterbox. Just Vince Salerno or the Bigby75. You can find me. Uh, and I can't wait to come back to you guys hopefully next week or the week after with a brand new episode of the Vince Salerno podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Happy New Year. God bless and peace out. Thank <laughs> you.